Hey guys, welcome to Raise the Riffs. Subscribe, rate, and review to the show. Uh, upcoming shows uh, December 18th at the Rec Room with Ida Rodriguez. That's the only show I have the rest of the year. Uh, by the time this comes out, my Bray Improv shows with Jay Moore will probably be done. But I'll plug those just in case. Thanksgiving weekend, Bray Improv with Jay Moore. You can also get tickets at BreaImprov.com or jaymore.com or keithreza.com. Uh, Alan Lee will not be here today. Uh, uh, as you rifters know, he's a hit or miss lately. But... I am here with the great Julia Sweeney. You've seen her from Saturday Night Live. Most known for It's Pat, her character on Saturday Night Live. She's also on the Showtime show, Work in Progress. And I'm going to rift with her. It's going to be fun. Subscribe, brand review. And tell a friend. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Julia. Hello. How are you? <laughs> it's good. Hi, nice to meet you this way. I know. Uh, three years in the making. This is awesome. I'm sorry. It's all right. How are you? I'm very, I go up and back about doing things and it's sort of haphazard. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. But thank you so much for doing it. It means a lot to me. Uh, I always, uh, I watched you on SNL and I always find you <laughs> hilarious and thank you. Aww. So thank yeah. you. It helps a young, struggling comic like me out. Okay, good. <laughs> so with this whole, uh, I remember like I, I was going to interview you three years ago, but I had to cancel because I had this big audition oh. and, we just, and we just never could uh, find the right date. And, and did I was, you get the part? I was, that's what I was going to tell you. I didn't get the part. <laughs> so... I uh, kind of wish I could go back in time and just do the interview instead because I hate <laughs> I hate auditioning, you know. I used to like it. I don't like it now because I just don't want to be an actress in any way. Yeah. <laughs> but um. What What were some good auditioning tips for you? Because you 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 did the Groundlings. Yeah, I mean, where do you live? I live in uh. Huntington Beach, Orange oh, County. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess doing Groundlings classes did help. I mean, it really did help. I mean, I just got used to being okay on stage or being observed, I guess. That helps. And I don't know if I'm that good of an actress, though. I, I feel like I, I mean, I've had good audition experiences. I mostly have tips from the other side where I've auditioned people. And one thing I've noticed is that when I, told people certain things about the character and then they just ignore it yeah sometimes it's great like I've cast people like in a play that I wrote and in this pilot I was in when they absolutely did just ignored the directions 
and did what they wanted. And then what they did was so interesting that I, it was good. And then I thought, wow, even the people who are casting don't know that much what they want, I think. Do you think like that's uh, something that comedic people can do? Because I've actually been told the exact same like advice, like when you audition. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I used to tour with Norm McDonald for seven oh. years. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, so like when I, like he was like my best friend. So like whenever I have like auditions and stuff, he used to say, oh, just don't bother acting because there's a good chance you won't get it anyway. And those are the ones that I usually got. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. Hold on, I have to hide myself view because I, if I'm on camera, I look at myself, which is weird. Okay. Oh, by the way, I don't promote the the uh, the video. Oh, okay, no, that's okay. What do yeah. whatever you want with it, but I'm just saying, for <laughs> me, I become distracted by myself. Yeah. Um. Wow. Well, Norm. <laughs> I saw your tweet, and I I wanted you to know that. He loved you very much because when I, I was know, going, that meant a lot to me. That's what made me do it. Yeah. I I'm not doing interviews really, but um, yeah, we well, you know, it was happened right away when he got on the show, and I was we only overlapped by a few months, yeah. and um, so he was young and new, and I was jaded and had one foot out the door, so we both kind of had we're in a weird place, you know, to be maybe not at our best, but um, he had come up and yelled at me about a sketch that he wrote and they had, it was in, but then it got traded out for a sketch of mine or something, which happens all the time, you know, and right. he, would, he would certainly learn that, you know, but at that moment he didn't and I was in the makeup chair and he came and started yelling at me about it, which wasn't even my <laughs> responsibility to, I, I was not in charge of that. Right. And then he, but then, and I think I was saying that and I was kind of shocked because he, you know, I felt like I was a senior statesman, you know, like I'd been there four years and he just had arrived on the scene and he was yelling at me about something I had nothing to do with. And um then he started saying how unfunny I was I was not funny blah 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 and that was really rude and it was in the makeup trailer with a bunch of people anyway which I don't really care but it didn't get us off on the best foot yeah <laughs> and, um but then um as I said so and then you know when I left SNL I didn't watch the show at all like I I just I was so sick of anything sketch related I really didn't watch it for years so I missed him his genius you know like I didn't know I would hear about him I mean I wasn't in an igloo but right but I didn't because we'd had that weird thing and but Lori Joe I was in contact with you know oh and, low Joe I love low Joe yeah and and I suspect it was her that made him, you know, come around maybe or rethink it. Or maybe he didn't, maybe he rethought it one week later. I have no idea. I don't know. But I just know that um, it wasn't for years later that I see the sketches of him and realize what a real comic genius he was. I mean, really. I mean, just so good. And, and like going to the reunions, I realized that he was so good. Like, I'm so out of it. I'm like, 
somebody's yeah. old aunt who's like, what's up with the kids now? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so then I, I was like, oh, he really is good. And I actually didn't hold it against him. I feel even bad saying it. But then the only reason I put that tweet out there is because I thought it was so big of him to come to me and say, I think I said something to you that was mean, you know, when we first met and I'm so sorry and I think you're great. And it was just not that many people do that. You know, like yeah. that's a really, that showed such wonderful character and um, and it just made me love him, you know? And so, but then some people got mad at me for tweeting that. I. I really meant it positively. Like you know, I took it positively. Like everyone yeah. has a bad moment, you know. And what I was trying to show is that he reflected on it and made an apology that was genuine and sincere and accepted on both sides. So it's like that's that's a not a common thing to happen. And that and he did that. So I I was trying to be positive about it, but some people were like, not the time and place and stuff like that. And anyway. Ugh. I remember, I remember when I told him I was going to interview you like three years ago, and he's like, he's like, oh my God, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to listen to it. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, I only did one movie and she played my mom. Oh, what? Yeah. He said that you played his his mom on Dirty Work or something. Oh, you know, I've done so many of those parts. (laughs) And I watched it and I didn't see you. So I, yeah, I don't know I if he was screwing with me, but. I'm pretty sure I'm not in that. Although I w- I've been cast as the mom so often. And it's, <laughs> it's like, but um, yeah, he's probably mixing me up with someone, but it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but but it, it, I just thought it was funny because he said nothing but good things about you. So I just wanted oh, okay, to. Okay, that's good. Maybe he actually totally forgot him thought of me as someone else but um yeah <laughs> but oh so, you must miss him so much yeah it was um did I, you uh, know like did he get was he getting sicker and sicker around you or well i found out he had cancer in december and you know there was only a handful of people who knew and um you know he he kind of made me say like i can't tell anyone or whatever but uh he also told me that it was a different type of cancer from what the what wow. came out that he had. So I don't know. Like I feel kind of like privileged that I knew, but also kind of hurt because it wasn't what he told me. You know what I mean? But maybe he told you the truth. No, yeah, he told me he had colon cancer, and, and when when he maybe died, he it just said, didn't want. Yeah. What did it, I don't even know. I just knew he had it was, cancer. It was what did they le- say it was? It was a leukemia cancer. So oh. I don't you know. know. If you have like something like colon cancer, I think it can get into the lymph system and become a lymphoma. Like I don't, you know, like a lot of times in late stage cancers, there's overlapping cancers, but yeah. usually you name your cancer after the first one you have. So it would be colon, but he probably just thought people would make jokes about it maybe. yeah i i just i just know nothing about cancer and it sucks because you know i was born in july it's a, it's a birthday joke <laughs> okay that was a good one it took me a moment oh thank you so much it's so good to 
hear you laugh. Hey, um, I was watching um, It's Pat the other day with my mom, and oh, I don't know oh, if you, God. yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Charles Rocket, uh, like someone asks him, what time is it? And he says, oh, it's like 7.07. And then he rushes to like see Pat, like going to the bathroom or whatever. And there's a clock and it's at 7.07. So that's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very observant. I don't. (laughs) You're an observant comedian. Yeah. yeah wow i don't know anything about that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't know but uh like one of those uh trivia cats um clock is behind yeah like it by a minute well it also yeah. probably <laughs> or uh mr rocket's watch was fast i don't know but yeah that could be yeah but no i thought that was very funny and and i heard in an interview you said that you were kind of not proud with it because it bombed like what well was... no i don't care about the bombing part because uh-huh. you know as you know um success popular success is not correlated with quality right <laughs> i mean it's sometimes it is but sometimes it's not so that part no um it's because we had to cut it so much first of all i re i think we sh- i don't think we got the script right we didn't have the right director and we needed to I just feel like the script wasn't ready to be shot. And even though I'm proud of it too, you know, like I'm proud that we did it. I had fun doing it. Yeah. But, um, and I love the memories of it. And I love when I see it, I don't even think it's that bad. I don't think it's as bad as some other movies that aren't considered as bad. As I don't think it's bad at all. It's very um, funny. It has a lot of good I, jokes. I wish, um, I don't know. It just needed better writing and better directing in my opinion and 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 i take my own i'm not i'm not trying to blame others i was the writer i just feel like i wasn't up to the task of it and um and and then we had and then i was involved in this big because it was katzenberg was taking over from eisner at disney and there was a lot of political stuff happening with people getting suddenly supervising the movie that didn't want the movie to be made yeah and in the end we had to cut it down to 75 minutes and um it just feels like a botched attempt at something that could have been great and just wasn't and and i feel i'm responsible for that i didn't i wasn't smart enough to put be in control of it in a way that would make it good and i'm not saying i could now i'm just saying that that's the part i regret about it well i look at it this way we're like one uh you have your movie you have a movie which a lot of a lot of people don't have right and uh two regardless of of you know what was like filming it and who directed and who wrote it and stuff it made uh because like i don't know how it says but like i i love comedy so i watch a lot of comedy and it really made me happy so so i feel like of course, I'm nothing special, but I'm one person. You are. You know what I mean? But everyone's so, special. Yeah, they yeah. The That's what my mom lies. says. I mean, <laughs> or they aren't. Or no yeah. one's special. <laughs> but um, 
I guess I'm trying to say thank you for making it because it really did make me laugh. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then uh, I I do have a question about working with Charles Rocket because okay. I find him to be hilarious and a lot yeah. of people don't know who he is yeah or who he was and I wanted to because I'm sure you get questions a lot like what's it like working with a Phil Hartman or Chris Farley and I'm asking about Charles Rocket. well um I didn't really watch him that much on when he was on SNL um and when he was only there for a short time but a lot of people didn't even know he was on it he was yeah the week, week and so, update um but I don't know how I met him. God, I, I knew him just as around the comedy scene. And I just loved him immediately. He was just, I loved his way, his way of looking at you, his engagement, his voice, his body. Like, he was just so charismatic, you know, like just, and such a lover of people and such a caring person. And... And also he just made me laugh every time he did anything. It just made me laugh. I just, he was so funny. And when, so I made it, I wrote that part for him and I was so glad he did it. And we laughed so hard. There was so many times we couldn't get the shot and the crew was pissed off at us because I kept breaking because yeah. he was so funny. And that only really happened with Fred Willard. It happened with Adam Sandler a little bit, but it happened with Fred Willard where the crew would get mad because I don't have a lot of self-control over my laughing when I'm in a scene with somebody I think is so funny. Right. Like I, 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 I guess I can't stay in character. I'm not a good enough actress to just stay in character and not just be entertained by the genius of whoever I'm with. Like they're just, <laughs> and so Charlie Rocket was so fun in this, the scene where we dance together. Like we're kind of like, I like he's trying to dance and I'm sitting down. That was so funny to me. And, you know, I watch it and I think it's okay, but it's like, that was so funny when we were doing it. I couldn't not laugh as Julia Sweeney and it right. was wrecking it. And it went on for hours, you know, like, and it was really painful, but that's just to show you how great he was. And he was just so, such a love on the show and, I always love seeing him. And the last time I saw him was at a Kathy Griffin Christmas party. Yeah. And we, and I didn't even know he was there because the party was so filled with people. And I went down to get my car and it was valet and he was getting his car. And that's the first time I saw him. And then we were so happy to see each other. And he gave me, I remember he had this long raincoat on. He was so dramatic, tall with his long raincoat and his deep voice. And he kind of enveloped me and... And then I just always think that's the last time I saw him. Anyway, it was so sad. Uh, and I didn't really know much about his personal struggles. And it was just so violent what he yeah. did to himself. I mean, yeah, we, I, we it's hard. It's, make, I, it's, it's weird because when somebody does something like that, you know, like slice their neck apart <laughs> um, to themselves, and you love that person you're mad at that person you know like and you love that person like you're yeah. so mad I was so angry at him it wasn't just that he killed himself because I think if you want to kill yourself I believe in the right people 
to kill themselves. I don't think it's morally wrong or anything like that. I think life is such a wonderful thing, but I can totally understand how it could be intolerable for some people. Like I'm, I'm not a, like everyone should just live forever as long as they can. I don't feel that way at all. Right. And I don't even exclude that to older people. Like I feel if somebody's young and their life is intolerable, um, and they can't find a way to make it tolerable or they have they're afflicted by things that they can't control or i always think if you did something that was so like if you killed your kid accidentally you know you know if you like all those <laughs> like i don't know how you'd live you know like i guess what i'm saying is i think there's lots of legitimate reasons to kill yourself right. i'm not even against it um but to that's a kind of act of hostility towards oneself yeah. to slit your throat that is so um mean to himself and yeah. to us to have to imagine him having done that that i just love him and i don't want him to have done that i want him to have done a kinder way to himself of killing himself yeah and 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 of course i wish he didn't kill himself because i right, right. <laughs> i wanted to enjoy knowing him for m more years but i guess that's a complicated answer but i just i feel so upset at him for doing it like that yeah like ugh. anyway i i thought it was funny when you're like oh accidentally killed your kid like what's the worst way you could accidentally kill your kid <laughs> if you backed up over them Oh, I was going to say, like, maybe you're playing baseball, like Thanksgiving baseball, and you hit a strike, right? And the ball just hits the kid, and they fall, and they're yeah. like, oh. Okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, take that one. Like, <laughs> I think their life is filled with unpredictability and accidents, and I think, I always think, if I did something to myself, I could live with it, but if I did something to someone I loved... I don't know how I, I just don't know how I go on. You know, I, I just think, I, I just don't know how I go on. I guess that's what I'm saying is I, I feel like, yeah, it, I can see how there are things where it's not worth it to go on, you know, like, and anyway, you, so. I you guess. wouldn't want to play baseball again. That That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you, like, because uh, I actually did take a class at the Groundlings. Oh, but you did? I, I did, but I, I, I didn't like it, only because oh. I, I realized I was a stand-up and not a sketch yeah. person. Yeah. And I feel, not no disrespect to the Groundlings, but I feel like, you know, it was always my dream to get on SNL, and I, obviously now I'm too old, but... I feel it's now stand-up comedy. Like it's a harder time for stand-ups to get on the show. You know what I mean? Well, I have a bias towards improv people because they're collaborators, which doesn't mean that stand-ups can't be collaborators. It's just that they're coming from a very different skill set. I mean, to me, what they do on SNL is closer to what the groundlings does than it is to what stand-up does yeah. it's just that stand-up can create these mega stars you know and 
people really whatever their particular personality comes out you know like as a stand-up they have honed it so they're very you know like the improv people are more chameleons you know and the stand-up people are more i'm me i'm going to be me in every scene and if you know that i'm funny you like think of bill murray although he's a he came from improv too but um but I'm just using Bill Murray as an example of somebody that once you understand his point of view, his comedic point of view, he doesn't have to do anything anymore. He just can be in a scene and you're laughing with him at what's happening in that scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stand-ups do that because they have a big personality that you can then identify with and, you know, watch them be in scenes that you can be like them, you know, like, it's just more personality driven than character driven. Right. So I think that it's good that they have a, a mix. And like, for me, I had only really been around improv people. I took, I took one standup class and I did terribly and I was not good. And so, but then I realized the ground leagues, I could do that. I could play characters. Yeah. But then after I left SNL, that and then I got to spend a lot of time around stand-ups. So like Dana and you know, there's all kinds of people who were stand-ups there. Even like Kevin Nealon. And I really saw what they did and I could see that I could do something. You know, like I they kind of inspired me to do stand-up. <laughs> and then um, and then I had been doing like one person shows that were comedic, so they were kind of, I mean, actually they are they do get laughs like a stand-up gets you know like they yeah. laughs but they usually had a story arc that put them in a different framework but um because i was around them i felt like i can try to do that and then i did do it and i could do it and it is fun so i love both you know i think that what lauren's doing is right having both but it is true that maybe right now there's more improv people than stand-up yeah. people now I wanted to ask you about your uh, one-woman shows because the humor uh, or the subjects that you you, you tackled uh, religion, which when you did it, it was probably very uh, you know taboo, but now it's like seems to be more acceptable. And also like with with Pat, you know, what I mean, like now it seems like back then it was acceptable, now it's considered taboo. Like how do you change? How did you overcome those? That, that well with the religion um i mean you know george carlin talked about being an atheist there's people who talked about religion you know um but what i did that was different with it i think that made it popular and not popular <laughs> and, yeah. um it was that i really took religion seriously it wasn't just making fun of religion it was kind of grappling with my real experience, which was that religion had really been a hugely positive thing in my life. Yeah. And it had organized my understanding of the world and it had helped make me a good person. You know, maybe you could even say, and then, but then I looked into it and realized that it was really a house of cards. Like it wasn't, it was kind of based on nothing and that the critical thinker inside me had to reject it i couldn't use that drug anymore you know to make myself feel better right 
And that to me was profound, but also funny because there was so, I mean, to me, it had the classic setup of a funny situation. Somebody who keeps trying to believe, but then can't because they learn something more that makes them unable to believe. So, so people, I would say with letting go of God, which I think is probably the best thing I've done. It, it, the people who love it, love it. Like I would say it's had the biggest impact on people of anything I've done, even Pat, because Pat is sort of like not that deep and sort of just one joke, but this was much deeper. Like, I know that my show actually did convince a lot of people to question their faith and even some to become atheists. And also people used that show to show their parents who, if they were religious, like, here's how you can understand, you know, like why I'm not religious. And I felt really proud of that. But then in another way, it was limited because what I've come to realize, which I didn't know then, was that people don't want to think deeply about it. They want to just reject it and get a joke, a laugh, or they want to take it seriously and not look into it. And I was going much deeper than anyone wanted me to do, except for a small group of people. And I am proud that I did it for that small group of people, but it wasn't ever going to be able to be a big, thing right although now i'm who knows because i'm such a terrible um procrastinator but i am still planning to write the book of letting go of god because now my feelings have evolved so much it's almost 20 years since i did that show and um well i don't believe in god i never even came close to believing in god again um but I have real, I have such a deeper understanding of religion now than I did, you know, like, and I would like to write about that if I can get myself to do it. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm, uh, I'm trying to write a book. Uh, but like, see, I'm not a big enough celebrity. I don't think I could sell it, but I have a great title. It would be called how to annoy yourself to the top. <laughs> That's good. Right. And then I'll have chapter one. I got Julia Sweeney to say yes. <laughs> Aww. Uh, but no, like, uh, I think, like, see, like, religion, I think, like, because there's ten thousands of religions out there. You know what I mean? And people only think that there's only, like, five or six. And I think that's why there's humor in religion that people because there's ten thousands of different beliefs that people don't know you can make ten thousands of jokes okay (laughs) so i'm just saying i'm keithism so (laughs) but uh, uh i wanted to i wanted to ask you about um you you were a consecutive producer on desperate housewives oh yeah so like well what was that about like how that i was only there for one year i mean i actually loved everyone who i worked with there um who i really just worked with the writers not the actors but um but i went on that show thinking that it was a you know a send-up of those kinds of shows like a parody and then it was one of those shows (laughs) 
So I couldn't stay. I mean, I just couldn't <laughs> stay. I, it was like, I, and really it was like being in a relationship with somebody that you think is something. And then a few months later, you realize like you meet them and you make jokes about like, say they're a big muscle man. Right. You know, like, and you just, or, or maybe, and, but when you meet, you make jokes about how stupid it is to be a muscle man even though they are a muscle man, but it's so great because they see how stupid it is. And then you go out and a few months later, you realize, oh no, they love being a muscle man and they <laughs> think it's great. And, and they only were making jokes about being a muscle man to get you to think that it was kind of had more complexity than it actually has. And I was really dismayed by it I, I couldn't really watch the show it wasn't even though Mark Cherry who created it I really like him I had a good I had good experiences with everyone there but I yeah. just this is my feeling in general I can do acting parts that are not good you know like they don't have to be that well written I don't like to do things that are humiliating um so I always turn that down but which by the way is a lot because they're always like and you'll come on and then all the jokes are about how you think you're sexy, but we all know you're not like that. Right. That's yeah. a typical part that an older comedian woman would get. I definitely turned that down, but, um, but writing stuff like that is like your soul. Like to me, writing is like, I can do bad parts as an actor. There's something about my face being associated with it or actually physically doing it that doesn't bother me that much. But if somebody asked me to write an episode that includes women wrestling in mud at this thing, just because the network wants to have scantily clad women wrestling in mud. You could do it like that. I, well, no, I can't do it. I, I, oh, I actually can't? feel a huge, I mean, I could as an actor, but I couldn't write it because it's just anyway that's a big failing of mine probably I'm trying to make it the way I'm saying I'm hearing myself and I sound so like I'm so morally together but it's really not that it's like I really <laughs> I don't know how to do it like I just anyway so I had to leave <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> That's a good answer. They paid me a lot and they were so nice about me because I had a little kid and I could go home when I wanted, but I was really miserable. Yeah. I could, I just didn't, I have to kind of like the show I'm working on. And now you're on the show Work in Progress. How yes. did that, how did that come apart? Because in a way you're playing yourself. I know I am, even though it's so not really me, but which is good and bad anyway um well i was working on the show julia sweeney older and wider which i am still working on yeah <laughs> so it'll be six years of working on it till i film it and um i was doing it at this at second city in chicago and i just had a little 50 seat theater they let me have on sunday nights and i just was workshopping it and Abby, who's now the star of Work in Progress, came up to me and said, I'm doing a one-person show too, but there's a part in my show where I talk about how I hate you. And, and I said, oh God, that's so funny. Why? And she says, because I look like Pat and people thought I looked like Pat and that was so traumatic. And she said, and I'm also writing this thing and I, I, would you be in it? And I said, of course, I just loved her. She's so funny. 
And so we shot this pilot with another Second City guy shooting it. And it was going to be just webisodes. Yeah. And it was so good. And they cut it together. And so like when I shot the first episode, what, which, what became the pilot, I didn't know that it was a pilot. I thought it was just a webisode of something. Like a (laughs) seven minute skit. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so um, but then when I saw what Tim, the guy who directed it, put together, it was so good. Um, and then I really championed it. And um, they got into Sundance and I went to Sundance and kind of pounded the pavement and tried to get as many people interested in it as I could. But by then, actually, Lily Wachowski was involved. And so there was bigger people than me were taking it to where it was going to go. But it ended up getting picked up by showtime and now we've done a couple seasons um but the character is so not me but like the character is trying so hard to please everyone and that is funny because there that is an aspect to my personality but um but i don't i don't feel as bad about having made abby feel bad about how she looks because of pat as it as they make it seem in the show right <laughs> like i don't i just feel like get over it you know i mean i don't i i like abby i don't want to hurt people but i'm not i don't regret doing an artistic thing because it hurt somebody's feelings i mean like <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> right in fact you know i wish i'd hurt more people's feelings um, <laughs> now, but don't you think that's kind of cool because like in the like, for example, in the 80s and the 90s, no one ever knew what a web series was. And the fact that today a web series can become a TV show and e- or even a yeah. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It is cool. It yeah. is cool. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my mom wanted me to ask you about Vegas Vacation. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um. Well, my friend Steve Kessler directed that and he, I just worked one day. Yeah. That's (laughs) my mom's favorite movie is Vegas Vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what? I watched it recently. Not, I mean, when I say recently, I mean the last like six years. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was surprised to see myself. I thought I didn't remember myself looking like that or playing that character. Like, I I don't know what I thought I did, but anyway. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun to be in Vegas and have like Steve Wynn came by and said hello. And uh, who, who's the guy and who's like Mr. He's still like big in Vegas. Wayne, what's his name? Uh I can't remember the names. I just know Steve Wynn, W-I-N-N, because he yeah. owned the hotel that we were shooting in. Uh, I, Wayne Newton. That's who I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, of. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Vegas. Oh man. So, and then uh, I wanted to ask you about clock stoppers because that for, uh, for like a, that came out when I was like 13 or 14 and I thought that was the coolest movie ever. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I think I've only seen it once and I don't, I remember my part, um, but I don't, I usually, I don't, you know what? I hate seeing myself so much that it, I usually don't watch anything I'm in. Does it make you uncomfortable, like when you're yeah. watching reruns of SNL or something? Or unless it's so long ago, it just really seems like a different person. I mean, yeah. now SNL is so long ago. That's 
like not even me but if it's anything recent like in the last 15 years i don't like to see it but that's longer than that so i guess if it happened to come on i would watch it (laughs) now uh just two more snl questions Uh who is who is your favorite snl writer oh Oh, wow. That's a really good question. All right. Fred, um, Fred Wolf is probably like wishing it's him. <laughs> Do you, are you in contact with him? Yeah, I love oh, Fred. Wow. He did raise a risk. He did this. Oh, okay. Wow. Right. Um, he's a lovely guy. I would yeah. say Jim Downey, even though he has, I have, you know, he's conservative in ways that I'm not, but um. I would say Jim Downey. Jim Downey. All yeah. right. And then last SNL question. Who was the toughest host to work with? Well, Steven Seagal is who I always say, but that's like, that's almost doesn't count. Cause he was a joke. I mean, he's a, he's like a sociopath. Like he's, he's like he? a cartoon. Well, it's like, <laughs> I mean, like, he's like a, um, He's was this when he had the ponytail connected to reality in any way i mean like it's almost like he just should be institutionalized you right. know like so that so i hate to say he was so terrible because it's almost like he was so terrible <laughs> that you can't even be mad at him like he's got a disorder or something um of course i would have thought that about trump also right. um let me see but besides him did well, Trump there ever was host Carrie SNL? Kerrigan, the skater. Um, oh, okay. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. She was hard because she didn't, she wasn't a comedian and there was no, she wasn't an actor or a comedian. You got a lot of actors who weren't funny. You could do stuff and they'd act in it. Right. But she wasn't an actor or funny or it seemed, an, I felt bad for her. It seemed like a stupid host choice <laughs> to me. So... <laughs> So when she was on the show, did you say this is going to be the longest Saturday night ever? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone kind of just thought, let's just get through it. I mean, that's when a lot of old sketches that never made it come up because someone like her isn't going to be in every sketch, you know, like bigger people who are big comedians, you know, they're going to be in like lots and lots of sketches and she didn't expect that. So in that sense, it was okay. But um yeah, that was hard. I guess that's not a fun answer. <laughs> so, I think that's a great answer. Now, my last my my last question for you is: you you took a break from from the biz for 10, 10 years, yeah, and and then you did a TED talk. Oh what yeah, was, is it the, the sex one? Yeah. <laughs> now, did you know TED talks were as huge as they are, or like what made? No. And that became such a viral thing. I mean, that was like everywhere. And actually I was thinking about that because I don't know if I should tell, cause I'm, I'm going to shoot my comedy special in Spokane in March, uh-huh. older and wider, but I'm, ta- I have this, I used to have like a huge 20 minutes of it was about Trump and my daughter dating a Trump supporter. And, um, and I'm taking all that out, you know, it's just too dated now. And I was wondering if I should do that in the show because I've never put it in a show, but maybe I don't need to because it was on TED and more people saw it there. But anyway, yeah, that all really (laughs) happened. It all really happened. Uh, 
and and you're you're on you're on Twitter now. You're 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 you're. I was one of the first people to follow you, and now you got like a thousand more. You have fifteen thousand followers. What's no no? I think I have twelve thousand, something like that. Um, really? Oh. But I um. Who got you hooked on Twitter? Well, I was on Twitter and I had like 9,000 followers and then I left. Ah. And then, but then I started performing again and I felt like I should be on it. And so I did and am. I look at it a few times a day. I definitely look at it a few times a day. Um, I'm not hooked on social media. Like I don't have that problem. I, so that's not a problem, but I got kind of weirdly, I don't want to say obsessed, but I follow these traditional Catholics that are real lunatics. Those <laughs> and, are the best people to follow, lunatics. And they're such misogynists <laughs> and they don't, oh God, they're so awful. They're awful even amongst the Catholics, you know, like, <laughs> and I can't, I'm trying to wean myself off of looking at what they have to say every day they're just not worth it they don't even have as many followers as me like it's a little punching down you know because i feel like i'm harassing them they say the dumbest things i and it never turns out good and 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 i don't i'm not helping anything (laughs) so part of me feels like i'm trying i mean yeah twitter (laughs) i i think that's like part of the fun of twitter though because like like, for example, take Trump, for example, you know, when he had Twitter, I thought it was awesome because just of the stuff he would tweet. Like, it was no, I like, know. It's just that he had, <laughs> I know, but I know it wasn't funny to me if he'd just been a dorky celebrity who was, uh, had some company and he, if he was just Trump of Trump University and he <laughs> posted bullshit things all the time, I, it would be entertaining to me. But because he was president, it was deeply disturbing. And it was so upsetting to me that it was just, that was very traumatic. And and I'm still traumatized by what's happened even after and what's happening to our country. But um, yeah, I couldn't be entertained by him. Oh. I kept thinking if I knew it was all going to be okay in the end, I could laugh at this. But because I don't have confidence that that's true, I can't laugh at it. I just can't. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> Julia Sweeney, is there any chance you'll be president someday? No. No? All right. No. <laughs> well, where can the folks at home follow and support you? Um, I guess on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Um, I'm redoing my website to um but because I have to put in my new show. I'm gonna start doing some workshop shows in january at five o'clock at the groundlings on in their small theater um where i'm gonna rework my show to come up with a replacement for the trump stuff that i used to have in it and um and then i'm gonna film it in march so that's the only public thing i have so i guess my website juliasweeney.com or twitter is really best like if somebody felt if somebody really needs to get a message to me twitter is probably the best way to do it actually oh, i do I... check it a few times a day my website i only look at once every three months or <laughs> <laughs> i have to be better about that well julia thank you so much for taking time of your day i'm glad we could finally do it it, yes. really, it truly meant a lot to me and, and it was nice to making you laugh oh so. you're so sweet all right 
All right. Have a good night. Have a great day, Julia. All right, guys. That was the interview with Julia Sweeney. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.